Well, perhaps you walked in here today with a burden that felt too heavy for you to carry anymore. You just feel trapped by your emotions. As we continue this Killing What's Killing You series, I want to remind you that you were never meant to carry that burden alone. The power of Christ in our lives is that he brings freedom from those things. Well, hey, welcome to The Crossing today. So good to see you. I want to welcome those who are in the room, those outside of the room, our microsites, our, uh, those watching online, The Crossing St. George and The Crossing West Henderson. They moved to a brand new school next Sunday near the M Casino Sloan Canyon School. If you know anybody in the Inspirata West Henderson way, would you invite them to our first service there, The Crossing West Henderson out the new school. So let's give all of them a welcome. So glad that you're part of the Crossing family with us. Well, we're in the middle of this 21 days of prayer. That every fall we take 21 days of focused, intentional prayer. And we pray for our church. We pray for our community. We pray for each other. We just believe that prayer changes lives. And so every day at 7 a.m., We have a 60-second devotional with a prayer focus for the day. Those come up on all of our social media channels, on our website. And so would you just engage with us and just see what God does in the midst of this 21 days of prayer as we just focus in on him. Well, one more thing before we jump in is Darla and I are hosting a trip to Israel in March. This is going to be our fifth trip that we have led to Mar- in March. And here's the reason why we keep going back. We just love to see what happens in people's lives when they are there. Something happens spiritually when you literally walk where Jesus walked. That you will never read the Bible the same again. It will come alive for you. And so we'll visit all of the significant sites. That we will take a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. We'll spend time in Jerusalem. We'll go to the Garden of Gethsemane. We will spend time floating in the Dead Sea. Um, We'll go to the upper room. And then on our last day, we always go to the empty tomb on that day. And so if you are interested in finding out more information, then just meet me over here at the end of this service, and I'll just give you a little bit more information to see if this is something that uh, you would like to be a part of. Well, we're in week two of our series called Killing What's Killing You. And in this series, we are getting real honest about our emotions. Because what we tend to do is we tend to ignore our emotions. We deny them. We avoid them at all costs. And when we do that, they have power over us and power to destroy God's work in us. Well, our theme verse comes from John chapter 10, and here's what Jesus says. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That Satan has an agenda for your life. We never talk about it like this, but Satan has a plan for your life. It is to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That Jesus has come to bring you life, a life full of joy, a life full of contentment, a life full of satisfaction and purpose. But in order to do that, we have to get honest about our emotions. 
And so today, I want to talk about an emotion that tends to be the result of other emotions in our lives. And it's this one right here. It's anger. It's anger. Now, anyone who knows me well will tell you that there is a sign when I am about to get mad. Apparently, my nose will flare. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what they tell me happens to me. Now, Scott Whaley and I, we've been on staff together for 19 years, since the very beginning of the crossing. And when the church was fairly new, we had a very serious issue, but a sharp disagreement about how to handle it. He thought that I was not dealing with the situation. I thought that he was disrespecting my authority. And finally, I just lost it. I mean, I yelled at him. I let him have it. And these days, he would tell you, if you ever see his nose start to flare, just walk away. Just walk away. It's better that way. Well, all of us get angry. It is a very real emotion. But we express it in different ways. Some of us have longer fuses, and some of you have a very short fuse. Some of us blow up, and others clam up. Some of us spew all over the people around us, and others stew and suppress our anger. And we tend to take this issue, this emotion, and deny that we have an issue with it. Because we'll say things like this, I'm not really angry, I'm just frustrated. I'm just frustrated. Or I'm not angry, I just have a short fuse. Or I just call it the way that I see it. It's just the way that I see it. Or I'm not angry. My personality type is I just don't put up with stuff or whatever you would put right there. (laughs) Or how about this one? I'm part Irish. Oh, well, that explains it. Now we know. If you don't know whether you struggle with anger, ask the people who are closest to you because they know. And if you aren't motivated to deal with this, I can guarantee you that the people around you who love you, they are motivated for you to deal with this. Dr. John Gottman describes anger as an iceberg. That this is anger right here, and this is what people see. But if you look below the surface, there are these other emotions that then come out as anger. For instance, take anxiety. The reason that we are anxious most of the time is because we feel out of control. Something is not in our control. And so our anxiety turns into anger when we are trying to reassert control, trying to gain control. Well, the Apostle Paul talks about anger as well. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Ephesians chapter 5, and here's why we should listen to him. Because here's a guy who is writing about anger from a prison cell. He's been unjustly arrested. He has been brutally tortured. And he has every right to be angry. But he gives incredible wisdom on how to understand what anger does, and he gives us the way forward based on the teachings of Jesus. So here's what he writes in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, in your anger, now if we stop right here, 
some of you would feel so much better about yourself. I mean, this would be like your life verse. You're like, honey, you know, I'm just following the Bible in my anger. This is the way that I work. This is the way that I function. But Paul says, in your anger, do not sin. See, this command is not, don't ever get angry. We all get angry. Jesus got angry. One time Jesus got angry at a fig tree. Then he came to, to get some, food, some fruit off of the tree, found that there was no fruit left on it, and he cursed the tree, and the next day the tree had withered. Another time Jesus is walking into the temple courts, and they had taken the area that the Gentiles were allowed to worship, and they had turned it into a flea market. And so he went all WWE on them. He flipped over the tables. He drove out the money changers. Jesus got angry with the religious leaders who cared more about their made-up rules than for people who were in suffering. See, the command is not, don't ever get angry. The command is, in your anger, do not sin, which means... It is possible to be angry and not cross the line into sin. It is possible to be angry and for it not to turn into something destructive in your life. And Paul gives us a clue on how to do this. He says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Now, this may sound familiar to you because for some of you, you were given this advice when you got married. Don't go to bed angry. And so you took that to heart. And on your first fight, you stayed up till 2 or 3 in the night, you know, maybe all night long. You know, you were so miserable from sleep deprivation that you were willing to solve whatever it was just so you could go to bed and go to sleep. This is, this is great advice. However, there are some problems that you can't solve by 9 p.m. There are some issues that are so big that you may not be able to resolve it in one day. Now, this phrase right here, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, Paul did not make this up. This was a well-known proverb. This was a, a well-known saying in that day. And the idea is don't allow today's anger to carry into tomorrow. Don't allow yesterday's anger to carry into your future. Think of it this way. When the sun goes down, it's not just setting on a day. There are times when the sun sets that it is setting on a, an entire season. For example, next Sunday when the sun sets, the season of summer is over. We are one week away from fall in Las Vegas. Doesn't it feel like it? It's only going to be 101 today. I mean, it's time to get those sweaters out. <laughs> Think of the seasons of your life. There was the season of childhood. There was your teenage years. And a day came when that season set on your teenage years. And then you went to college. You had that season. And the sun set on that season as well. And then you started a new season in a job. So let me just ask this question. What happens when you carry anger from one season into the next? What happens in your life when you carry anger from one season in your life into the next season of your life? 
What happens when somebody did something to you as a child or a teenager and you carry it with you into adulthood? What happens when you go through a season of divorce and you carry that anger with you into your new marriage? Can I tell you what happens? Anger compounds on itself. See, we know the power of compound interest, and it works against you as well. That if you get a credit card bill and you open it up, you're like, how did it get so big? Because it compounded on itself. When you get angry, when you carry anger from one season to the next, you might feel anger for someone in your life today, but it came from someone in a previous season. And some of you know this because you have a relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, with your spouse, and something happens. And then you wonder, why did they react like that? Did I miss something? Because what happened seemed like to you like a three or a four, but they reacted like it was a ten. That's because this is what happens. This is the issue. This is why Paul says not to carry anger from one day to the next. Because eventually you will carry it from one season to the next. See, this is what he knew. Is that every day you carry anger from your past, you will eventually take it out on someone in your future. Every day that you carry anger from yesterday, you will eventually take it out on someone in your life Tomorrow, I see this happen in relationships all the time. Do you remember these, these ledger books? You used to carry these around so you could keep track of all the debts that people owed you. See, what is underneath anger is there is this ledger. And you have recorded some debts some offenses that people have against you. They harmed you financially. They ruined your reputation. They hurt your children. They messed up your childhood. They betrayed you. They had an affair. And you get out a pen and you write down all of these offenses and then you just carry around this book of anger with you everywhere you go. This is what happens when you don't deal with it. So what happens is days turn into months, and months turn into years, and you carry anger with you from one season into the next, that it compounds on itself. And here you are at this page in life right here, and you feel anger at somebody right here, but they actually didn't do anything to you. It comes back to these offenses that are clear up here. This is why anger is killing you. Because what happens in your life is, is there's a, a small offense with somebody. It's just this small thing. It should be able to easily be handled. But what you've done is, is this issue that is so small because you've carried your book of anger, because you have never released it, what you do is the full fear of your anger comes slamming down on that person in your life. See, this is how deceptive anger can be. 
and that person in your current life, they cannot solve your anger issue because your debt is with somebody from a different season that you have never dealt with. This is how anger is killing you. Paul says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. This word right here, the idea, it's an opportunity. Do not give the devil an opportunity into your life to take more territory. This, do not give him an open door to walk into your life and to move into all of the rooms of your life. Now, this idea of a foothold was used in the military. So it was the idea, this word right here, was the idea of a base camp. That if an army is able to get a foothold in a region, then it will allow them to go further into enemy territory. See, that is what the enemy wants to do in you. Is anger gives the enemy an opportunity to move further into your life, to take more and more territory from you, because the thief comes, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So how do we erase the ledger? What do we do? Because I know for some of you are like, Shane, I don't want to carry this any longer. The problem is, even if someone came along and said, I want to settle that debt, they couldn't do it. Because that anger has compounded on itself. They could never make it right. But Paul gives us the way forward. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Brawling and slander along with every form of malice. He lists every manifestation of anger in our lives. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Oh, just get rid of it? Oh, why didn't you say that sooner? I'll just get rid of my anger. Okay, that's really helpful. It sounds so condescending. Just get rid of it. See, the idea of this phrase right here, to get rid of it, does not mean to stop it. He's not saying stop it, stop being mad. This word means to remove, to separate it. Think about it this way. When you walk through a spider web, what do you do? You're just like, I'm just going to get this off of me when I have time. No way. You're like, as fast as you can, you're trying to get it because you don't know what spiders are on your back. I mean, you are trying to remove it as fast as you can. That's the idea of this word right here. That's what he's saying. See, why you can be angry and not sin, bitterness is a different issue. Because bitterness is the result of unresolved anger and resentment. See, you cannot be bitter with somebody without carrying it in to the next season of your life because bitterness, it builds up, it compounds on itself. Your bitterness not only shows up in what you say, but in how you say it, the tone of your voice in the way that you say it. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, and brawling. All of the yelling and the screaming that we have. Because you got to get rid of that. you got to remove that from your life. The slander and the malice. See, this is what we do when we are angry with other people. 
we begin to tell the story because we have a story about them and we want to get people onto our side. And so we begin to say these things. We begin to tell them how terrible of a person this is, what they've done. And this is all the manifestation of anger in our life. All of us, we're at this place. And Paul says, you get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Look at this. Forgiving each other. Forgiving each other. See, forgiveness is the antidote for anger. Forgiveness is the antidote for the bitterness in your life. Here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a decision to cancel a debt. You have to decide. You have to decide to make a decision to forgive them. And so what you do is you go to the ledger. And whatever it is, whatever they've done to you, you begin to take that... And you tear it out and you say, you don't owe me anymore. I'm deciding to cancel the debt. See, that is what forgiveness is in our life. It is canceling the debt for them. See, the reason this is hard is because you have a story. I have a story. Do you know what they did to me? Do you know what they said to me? I can't just let them off the hook. They owe me. See, forgiveness doesn't settle whose fault it is. Forgiveness is a decision to cancel the debt. And Paul gives us the context of how we do this. He says, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. See, he gives us the whole context. Just as in Christ You've been forgiven. Because this is the antidote for anger. This is not forgive the way that they've forgiven you. This is not forgive the way that they deserve to be forgiven. That you forgive just as you've been forgiven in your life. So in a sense, you are letting them off the hook because your heavenly Father let you off the hook. See, forgiveness doesn't even make sense unless you're a forgiven person. This means if you consider yourself a Christian, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, and there is somebody that you can't forgive, what this means is somewhere along the way, you have lost sight of what God has done for you. Forgiveness is not about apologizing. At its core, it's about releasing them. It's about erasing the ledger book. Forgiveness means I am not going to take this into another season of my life. And maybe you feel yourself just arguing with me on the inside. Maybe you just feel yourself pushing back because you have a story. And you say, Shane, are you saying what they did was okay? No. I am not saying that. In fact, that is a lie that the enemy would want you to believe so you can hold on to this anger. It is not okay. See, are you saying that things should go back to the way that they were before? Not necessarily. Because 
you can forgive someone and still put boundaries around a relationship. See, here's one of the reasons why we try to hold on to, to anger. Because we feel like that we have power over them. But in reality, it is just destroying you. It is keeping you from having freedom in your life. Here's the bottom line. is forgiven people forgive people. Forgiven people forgive people. It was about 14 years ago, I was introduced to a guy who was an investor. And I was trying to get ready for my kids to go to college because I had not saved enough to send them to college. And this is back when the housing prices were going crazy. I mean, do you remember this? When housing prices would go up, you know, $10,000, $30,000 every single month. And so I did something that was really, really stupid. I took out a $50,000 second mortgage on my house to invest with them. And over the next few years, things were supposedly doing well. And then the recession hit. And he told me that it wasn't making any money, which made sense because everything was in free fall. Well, every quarter, I would just email him, and I would just ask if there was any change. And he would say, no change, just be patient, it will come back. Well, then after a while, he stopped responding. And so I decided I was going to track him down. And come to find out, he had been in prison. He had been convicted of stealing millions of dollars. The entire investment was a Ponzi scheme. And I lost every penny. He was answering my emails from prison. Talk about anger. Some of you hear that, and you go, I wish that's all I lost. Because I lost a lot more. Or it wasn't... Money was your marriage. It was years of your life. And you've held on to it. And that anger has leaked into this season of your life. I want to just ask you just a couple questions. Here's this first one Who do you need to forgive? You need to identify who you are really angry with. Because you're still holding a grudge from something that happened years ago. But it is carried over into this season of your life. Or maybe it's something that your spouse said or did. And you have kept a ledger of it. You have kept a record of every wrong. And when something else happens, you just bring it up again. See, the enemy would want you to hold on to that. But God is inviting you to let go of those wounds and to finally experience freedom. That's the opportunity that God has for you today. So who do you need to forgive? And then here's the second question. In what way do you need to receive forgiveness? Because forgiveness doesn't even make sense unless you're a forgiven person. So either you have lost sight of what God has forgiven you of, what Jesus has done for you, or you have never accepted 
his forgiveness in your life. So my guess, that's some of you right now. Here's what your heavenly father has done for you. Your heavenly father has a book of all of your sins. Every sin that you've committed. Everything that you've done. And what he did is he sent Jesus on the cross for you. And he took all of your sins and he placed them on Jesus so that you could be forgiven. So that there is nothing in your life anymore. That is what has been done for you. And Jesus says, I want you to apply that same forgiveness to the relationships in your life. To the people in your life. He says to you, I want you to have freedom. And for some of you right now, you have never received forgiveness in your life. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You have a story. In your mind, you have a reason, but let me tell you, it is what is holding freedom back from you. This burden being lifted and this weight being taken off. Next week, we're going to be doing baptisms out in the courtyard. After every single service, we're going to be doing baptisms out there. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus, but you've never been baptized. This is your next step. Your next step is to be baptized. Maybe for you, you have never surrendered your life to Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. And next week for you to be baptized. Because here's what baptism represents. It represents the forgiveness of your sins. The washing away of all of your sins and all of the things that you have done. See, that's the power of God. That's what God wants to do in your life. So let's just pray together. And maybe it's just giving something to God. Maybe it's your anger. Maybe it's your life. Father, we thank you for being a God who has forgiven us, that you know every sin that we've committed, but you don't hold those against us. You sent Jesus to take the pain and the penalty of our sin. So God, we give up the right to be right. We give up the right to hold on our, onto our anger, and we give that to you. God, for those who maybe have never surrendered their life to Jesus, today could be their day where they start a brand new relationship with Jesus and find freedom in him. So God, we pray all of this in the name of the one who died for us, Jesus. Amen.